Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yan, and today we're going to talk about the subject of witnessing, what God wants us to do, and the simplicity of it, if we'll just listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. The gifts of the Spirit were ultimately given for us to win souls into the kingdom of God. Witnessing is supernatural. We'll talk about that today. Join me. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back again to Student of the Word. We're blessed to have you here today. If I were to ask you, what's the top thing God wants you to do? What's the major thing that God is directing you to do? You might say, well, I'm pastoring a church. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in missions work and, and that's what I'm doing. The number one thing that God has called us to do is to win souls. It's why he left us here. It's why he's given us the new birth so we can duplicate ourselves. We've been born again. Now we can begin to lead people to Jesus. It's also the reason why he gave us the gifts of the spirit. The gifts of the spirit are not just designed so we can be blessings to each other and, and prophesy over each other and you know lay hands on each other. The main ones we're to be laying hands on, the main sick ones, is the world. It's part of the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. In other words, in Jesus' own ministry, he's healed people by the multitudes. And then it says, after he healed them, many believed in him. The purpose of the signs and wonders was to show that Jesus Christ was truly the God. And these temporary things, such as divine healing, was used to gain eternal things, which is the new birth. The angels didn't rejoice because those people got healed, but the moment they accepted Jesus, they rejoiced because a sinner had now found Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is the main thing we are to do. But let's talk about two parts of the Great Commission. While you're finding those, this verse, Mark chapter 16, we're going to take a look at verses 15 and verse 20. While you're finding those, I want to read you a praise report. And uh, this has come from uh, Pastor William. And Pastor William says, thank you so much for your powerful messages, and they have really changed his life. I want to say thank you, William, for writing to us and uh, for great, great blessing. You know, every little word. I met, Listen, I think with God, it doesn't take a long sentence or paragraphs. It's just simply thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you've given me today. A simple thanks for the blood of Jesus thanks for forgiveness and thank you for saving me and thank you for bringing this ministry to me. All these things don't have to have long and long things, but just a note of appreciation. And I appreciate that too. Thank you for the notes of appreciation. So write me and you know, let me know and tell me what a blessing this has been to you. And again, I'll, I'll read these on the broadcast. I've been reading more and more of these because again, they're just such a great blessing. So, and the, for those of you who have been watching for some time, would like to become a partner. Well, I'd like for you to become a partner with me too. And God would like for you to become a partner with me too. And to go to my website, bobyandian.com. Many of you that I'm talking to right now, God's already spoken to you. Why don't you just, you know, get rid of that feeling that you know every time you watch this broadcast, I'm supposed to be a partner with him. Get rid of that and just become a partner with me. I'm not asking for a huge amount of money. I'm not asking to drain your accounts. I'm simply asking you give what is right in your own heart purpose in your own heart, or just open yourself up for a moment to the Holy Spirit and say, what do you want me to give into this broadcast? God will lead you. God will guide you. God will direct you. Or if he doesn't, 
purpose in your own heart what you're gonna do and go to my website, bobyandian.com and you'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. Thank you ahead of time. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 says this, Jesus speaking to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations. Now I want you to notice something, go into all the world, not churches. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then in verse 20, it says, and they went everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. So I want you to notice he said, go into all the world and they went everywhere. Everywhere is every nation. In fact, that's the history of the book of Acts, starting with the church of Jerusalem and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth and the uttermost parts of the earth was Paul going to Ephesus and Philippi and Thessalonica, all the places he went to and started churches there. Why do I say that? Because we often think today that the church is the place where we bring the world in to receive Jesus. Now that is scriptural, but that's the very minority of those getting saved. God didn't say go into all the churches and preach the gospel. Jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel and they went everywhere. Listen to this, basically comes back to this. Sinners are not comfortable in church, but they're comfortable in their own environment. That's why God says, go into their environment and preach the gospel to them. Tell them about Jesus. Now, again, it's fine to bring a person to church. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that even the gifts of the spirit will convict a, a sinner and they will say of a truth, God is in this place. But again, this is not where they feel the most comfortable because churches are basically made for Christians. It's called the assembly of the upright in the Old Testament, the assembly of the believers. And so the majority, great majority of people in church are going to be believers already. And we use that time to fulfill the second part of the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Discipleship mainly takes place in churches and evangelism mainly takes place in the world. We go right into the world situation. Almost all evangelism happens outside the church. Again, I don't want to make it 100% because there's going to be some that will be saved in church, but almost all evangelism happens outside the church service. Church is mainly for maturing saints and making them into disciples. You can get people saved in church and you can see people discipled outside the church, but in the New Testament, people were mainly one in the marketplaces, in the jails, in the homes, on the highways, and on the oceans, in the ships, that's where they were saved. Sinners, again, are more comfortable in the world's places and open to the message of the gospel when you're on their turf in their area. T.L. Osborne wrote a book that shook the Pentecostal world when it came out, and it was called Soul Winning Out Where the Sinners Are. What a thought, soul winning out where the sinners are. That's because he did very little soul winning in churches. He gave testimonies in churches, talked to believers about what he was doing in the world, but in the world was where he saw signs, wonders, miracles, people being raised from the dead, and people by the scores coming to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Turn with me to James chapter one. We're gonna talk about here the voice of the Holy Spirit, learning to listen, but also to understand that the Holy Spirit can be speaking through the mouths of people that you talk to. You know, what's one thing that you do when you're in the world is you sure talk to people a lot. I mean, you talk to them on a bus, you talk to them on a train, in an airplane. Uh, you might talk to them at the office and things. There's just conversations going all the time. And the point of it is, is you can use those conversations for winning somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ. James chapter one says in verses 18 and 19 of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that he might become a kind of first fruits of his creation. 
So then, that is Jesus as our example. My beloved brethren, let every one of you be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. This verse is saying when you're dealing with people in the world, three things. First of all, listen, first of all. Notice what came first, swift to hear. Listen to them. Then in responding, be slow. Don't just jump in on every time. You know, they immediately, uh, you know, tick you off on something and so you just want to let them have it. And it goes on to say slow to wrath. Let's turn, let's just take a look at it. Here's what you should be. Listen to them. Don't try to hog the conversation. Let them talk. Then once you hear, you know, think about it for just a moment. Give chances for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Then be slow to speak and don't explode in anger because they don't believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. You may not at that time lead them to Jesus, but you know what? You're sowing or you're watering and someone else may eventually get the reward. I've told the story before, but for those of you who haven't heard it or for those of you who have heard it, here it is again. I got on a plane and, and you know I travel a lot on airplanes and so I get to get on early. So I got on early and sat down in my seat and people were coming in after that. And there was a young man that came and excused himself and got from me, went over and sat in the seat beside me. And so when we sat down, the moment that young man sat down, the Lord spoke to me and said, he's ready to receive me. I went, really? Man, I mean, it was so strong inside of me. So I do what I normally do. I asked him a question. Hi, uh, you know, uh, where are you from? What do you do? And he began to tell me he was a he was a college student, and he went down the list of things he was doing and all that. And the reason why I asked them what they do is because after that they'll turn around and tell me what uh, they'll ask me what I do. So he spoke, and I just nodded. And I t- we talked about where he went to college and those kind of things. And he said to me, "What do you do?" I said, "I'm a minister." He goes, "You are." And I mean, just like that. And I said, yes. He said, uh, what do you do? I said, I pastor a church. What kind of church do you pastor? And I told him, I said, we teach the Bible. That's all we teach is the Bible, the word of God. And he said, you do. And I just looked at him and said, you know what? You're ready to receive Jesus, aren't you? And yes. He said, two people have told me about Jesus. But each time I said, no, I don't want it. And now I can't remember how they said that I'm supposed, what I'm supposed to do to, to have this salvation. I don't know. So I prayed when I got up this morning, Lord, would you direct direct me to somebody and have somebody tell me how to receive you. And you know what? I knew right there, I had been guided by the Holy Spirit, but I didn't just hog the conversation. I let him talk at first. This is what I'm simply telling you. Don't just jump in on something. People will expose themselves as they talk. And oftentimes the answer comes to you as a person begins to talk to you. I heard a story and this was supposedly a true story. I don't know. Maybe we'll meet the guy when we get to heaven. But the story was of a man that went to a coffee shop and he wanted to witness while he was there. So he had, he said, had to put a, a sign on his table and said, free coffee if you'll listen to my story. No one took up his offer. People read the thing, walked on by, read the thing, walked on by. And he thought later on, so he changed his sign. And this time it said, free coffee if you'll tell me your story. People lined up to tell their story. They they are filled with stories. They want to tell you how they've become successful or they want to tell you about their problems. They want to dump on you or else they just want to tell you what great things have happened in their life. They just love to tell their story. So it came back to this. People lined up when he put the sign on there, free coffee if you'll tell me your story. Well, it comes back to it again. Don't be a talker first. What's the the Bible say again? Be swift to hear. Listen to people, first of all. Listen to what they have to say. And then when you respond, be slow to speak. In other words, be very cautious when you speak to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit. Here's what I see about witnessing. Witnessing is not natural. Witnessing is supernatural. We try to figure out formulas on how to do things. You know, when I was in uh, uh, in high school, I attended Youth for Christ here in Tulsa, and they offered in Youth for Christ a witnessing course. 
And I talked to my dad and said, what do you think? He said, I think you should take it, go ahead. So I took this witnessing course and we only met three or four times after Youth for Christ was over on Saturday night, they met and had this witnessing course. And basically it was just a sheet of paper. I think it might've been two sheets of paper, but I'm just gonna say it was one for the moment. On one side was all the questions they could ask. You flip it over and here's the answers to the questions. You're supposed to memorize the questions on one side, then memorize the answers. In other words, if they say this, then you say this. If they say this, then you say this. And you had all these answers for all these things. And so I memorized them, but you know what happened? Eventually somebody asked me a question that wasn't on my sheet and I didn't know what to do. You know what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is? You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. Witnessing is not something you memorize. It doesn't come from the mind because no two people are the same. You're gonna run across somebody you don't that you didn't hear uh, anything from them that was even on your sheet of paper. You're gonna hear stories you couldn't even possibly imagine. But you know what? The person you're talking to, the Holy Spirit knew before you even got there what you're supposed to say. So do it again, comes back to this. Be swift to hear, number one. Next of all, be very slow to answer them. And next of all, be slow to wrath. Don't explode on them and get angry at them because they don't see things your way or they don't agree with the Bible. In fact, they don't have to agree with the Bible to get saved. The Bible doesn't say they have to do that. They just have to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. They can learn about the Bible after that. The problem is many Christians who've accepted Jesus years ago don't believe everything in the Bible, but they're still gonna go to heaven and there'll be a lot of straightening out when we get to heaven. We're gonna go to halftime right now and I will come back after that. We'll continue on with this talking about supernatural witnessing. As believers, we are on this earth at this place and time for a purpose, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Would you like to find out what the Bible has to say about witnessing? and how to witness by the power of the Holy Spirit? Then order your copy of Bob Yandian's teaching series titled, Winning Your World. Winning Your World is available as a six CD series for $25 or as an MP3 download for $15. To order, visit bobyandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. What we're offering on this broadcast is winning your world. Simply comes back to it again, the power of witnessing and what God has left us for. That means primarily everything he's offered us is to help us win souls and take them to heaven with us. We, you know, if a person just receives Jesus, of course he's born again. 
And of course he is a convert, but converts get to go to heaven. How wonderful. But learning to be a disciple and learning to witness means that you not only go to heaven, but you take others with you. So a disciple is one who takes a multitude of people with him to heaven. This is what God is looking for. So again, we're talking about witnessing and the fact that we need to be, first of all, we need to listen to what people have to say. So we should be quick to hear what people have to say. Next of all, slow to answer them. Think about what you're saying and trust the Holy Spirit because this is the main purpose of why all the gifts of the Spirit were given. And one of them is, is discerning of spirits. One of them is to, to hear the voice of God, a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. And God just simply through that begins to open that up and you can win people by that. In fact, the number one thing Jesus used in witnessing to individual people was a word of knowledge. He told Nathaniel, I saw you sitting under a tree. And Nathaniel said, you must be the son of God, the Messiah. And he accepted Jesus. The woman that was sitting at the well, the woman at the well, again, she's talking. Jesus just let her pour her heart out. She talked and talked and talked. And then he said, well, why don't you get your husband? She said, uh, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You've had five husbands before now, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, you must be a prophet. And she ended up receiving Jesus, running back into town, bringing all the men back out there based on a word of knowledge. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are for. We use them in church. We bless each other with them. And that's a second and third you know, tier level of what to use them for. But the number one thing is you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you to be my witnesses. I'm simply quoting Acts 1.8. Before Jesus ascended into heaven and told him the Holy Spirit was coming and they, re they spoke in tongues on that day, what happened immediately, Peter went out and spoke to thousands and thousands of Jews from every tribe, kindred, tongue around the world. He spoke to Jews, those who had accepted uh, the Jewish religion, and they were steeped in it, but they weren't saved. And he preached the gospel to them. And out of that gigantic group of devout Jews out of every nation under heaven, Many of them, some 3,000 of them received Jesus as Lord and Savior that day. And the church went from 120 coming from the upper room to 3,120 before the end of the day. What was the purpose of it for? When they walked out speaking with tongues, it grabbed the attention of the world. And then uh, Peter switched from speaking in tongues and brought the gospel in a known language and they received Jesus. A few days later, another 5,000 were added to them. It just kept increasing and increasing. But that's the purpose of the supernatural God has given to us. Again, it can be used on believers. That's fine. And Jesus used it on believers sometimes when he prayed for Peter's mother-in-law and some others. But the main purpose of it was to win people to Jesus Christ. And God will use healings, signs, wonders, and all that to grab the attention of the unbeliever. Again, I said it before, all these things that come are temporary. Healing is temporary. It's only while you live here on earth and, and, and you know, getting your life turned around, removing emotional problems, all that's temporary. But God will use a temporary miracle to help introduce an eternal miracle. And that is uh, receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Again, witnessing is supernatural. It's not planned or rehearsed. So getting up in the morning, instead of just trying to study how you're going to win somebody to the Lord, just open yourself up and say, Holy Spirit, I plan on opening conversations. I plan on listening to people, but I want you to give me the answer because listen, I don't know who I'm going to face. 
Every person I meet is going to be different. No two are going to have the same problems. And even if they do, they're not going to be the same type of problem. There's going to be a little more intricacy in one than another one that I might make one with cancer, another with another one with cancer. But you know what? This cancer is a different type of cancer than this one. This person may not be ter terminal, but this one's terminal. Lord, I'm just depending on you because I'm dumb. In my natural life, I'm dumb. My brain can't think of all these things, but your Holy Spirit knows ahead of time who I'm going to face. And if I'm slow to answer, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to open myself up and hear you to where I can minister to them. But the greatest thing is they're not going to be just healed from cancer. They're going to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I've said it before that once they get healed, the angels don't rejoice. But the second they receive Jesus, the angels rejoice in heaven. So learning to listen to others first gives us a chance to hear from the Holy Spirit and again, even receive a word of knowledge. I told you about that word of knowledge I had about the young man that was going to receive Jesus. I've had more since then that word of knowledge knowledge is key in winning people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus listened to the woman at the well, received a word of knowledge about her situation, and many, many received Jesus in that day. Jesus listened to the story from the woman healed of the issue of blood. I imagine his disciples going nuts. Let's get out of here. She's just giving us a testimony. Jesus allowed her to talk because why? It was important that the whole multitude hear how that she had been healed in that. In witnessing, again, don't be so quick to tell your story of conversion but listen to theirs. In other words, free coffee if you'll tell me your story. That's what the world is looking for is someone who will listen to them. The lame man at the gate, beautiful, told his story first. The Ethiopian eunuch was asking what uh, uh, what he was studying when he talked to Philip about the, the verse of scripture out of Isaiah he was studying. Many of Jesus's teachings were responses to statements and answers to questions from the people. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And so he began to answer their question. How often do I forgive my brother until seven times? He didn't just shut him down and said, that was a dumb question. No, he took time to answer. He cast out devils by the prince of devils. That's what the religious crowd said to him. And Jesus took that time and answered their questions, but also turned the question back on them. The teachings of the pastor or minister do not always have to come directly from the Holy Spirit, but can come from statements and questions of the people. There's times that some of my sermons were based around statements or questions that people had asked me, and it made me think, I need to be teaching on this subject. There was one time I was teaching, and a man came to me, and I had just taken over the church, and he said, you're the third pastor. And I said, yes, in fact, what I was teaching on was faithfulness to attend church. How that had been faithful all my life to go to church, no matter what the situation was, I was always at church. So I talked about how important it was for these people to attend church. And again, this was my first series I taught on. And a man came to me and said this, how long will you be here? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you're the third pastor here. He said, I know you were here from the beginning, but you weren't pastor. He said, I've been here through the first pastor. I was here through the second pastor. The first pastor said he was going to be here for a long time. And after five years, he left. The second pastor said he was going to be here for, for at least the next 30 years of his life. And he was here for a year and a half and walked out the door. How long are you going to be here? Does faithfulness start with you? Or does it start with us? I said, you know what? You're right. It starts with me. I didn't get mad at him. I listened to what he had to say. And you know what? It formed a sermon in me and a thought pattern in me that it's up to the parents to provide for the children. That's the congregation, not the children for the parents. You be the one to provide for them. And I simply got up that next Sunday and told him the question that had been brought to me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you this. I plan on being here for the rest of my life. My great desire is to die in the pulpit 
and they have the ushers come and drag me off and then the associate pastor come up and finish my sermon. I plan on being here to bury you that are older people, marry your children off, dedicate your children to the Lord and grandchildren to the Lord. I plan on being here all those years and the people breathe a sigh of relief. I thought, look at that, it started with me, but where did I do? I listened to somebody. I didn't cut them off and get mad at them for how dare you come against God's anointed. Jesus listened to questions from people. Paul listened to questions from people and you should be able to. And this is how you win souls. Just by opening up and hearing a person brings a connection between you that the world the world knows needs to be there. But you know, Christians have this idea that somehow we're so totally opposite of the world and we are in the natural and in the spiritual too, as far as the new birth. But understand this, at one time you were a sinner and somebody shared Jesus Christ with you and you accepted Jesus as your savior. And so Jesus took two chapters in Matthew 24 and 25 in response to three questions that came from his disciples about his future coming. And he opened up and taught them all that way over three simple questions given by them to him. So before you do speak, I tell you this, keep it simple. Keep the gospel simple. Don't try to complicate it. Here's why, again, it's so important you understand this. When we come to church, that we hear a sermon, and that sermon is directed to Christians to make them into disciples, and yet you have a person there who's not even saved, that sermon is so far above his head. Don't preach to people or don't witness to people and stay so far above their head, they can't possibly understand it. Constantly keep making everything simple, simple, simple. The one that had the most complicated time of doing this was Paul himself and requested prayer for it. Colossians chapter four, he was just getting ready to leave Colossae. The closing chapter of Colossians, and he says this in verses four through six, pray for me that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Let me tell you what the Greek says. Pray for me that I can keep it simple. When I go before the world, I wanna keep the gospel simple. Pray for me that I may make it clear, simple, as I ought to speak means, as is my duty. It is the duty of a Christian to keep the gospel simple. Trust in Jesus. You were born a sinner. You're outside of God's camp. But because you were born a sinner, God asked you to be born again. If you accept Jesus, you die in Satan's family and you're changed into God's family and now you're a child of God. But it comes by simple faith, by requesting faith in Jesus Christ, requesting that he become your Lord and Savior. That's how simple it is. And so Paul said again, pray for me that I can keep it simple as is my duty. Why was this important? Because Paul was probably the greatest apostle and writer of the New Testament and talk about getting lost in the eschatological ramifications of the tribulation. He could do that. But what good does that do sinners? They don't understand it. They just need the simplicity of the gospel. And we like Paul need to pray before we go out, Lord, I'm going to walk by your by your voice. Your Holy Spirit's going to lead me. Uh, I plan on using word of knowledge, word of wisdom. You give them to me at the right time, but Lord, I make a commitment to you. I'm going to keep it simple. They don't need to know all the things I learned in church. They just need to know about Jesus. And that's why he says, walk in wisdom toward those who are without. This is the next verse in Colossians 4. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace. Keep the conversation on the grace of God, not their works. Seasoned with salt, this is sprinkling the word of God on it, that you know how you may ought to answer each one. This verse is saying there's not a person that can come to you that the Holy Spirit will not give 
give you an answer for if you'll just keep it simple. And the hardest thing the world can do is answer simple questions, answer simple presentations. They're used to complicated things and they'll throw you complicated things, but just keep it simple. Before Jesus left, he gave the great commission and the Holy Spirit who gives us power to be a witness. But disciples would begin in Jerusalem, then Judea, Samaria, into the uttermost parts of the earth. That was Acts chapter one and verse eight. But we find the point in Paul's ministry. Apparently this prayer worked because whenever Paul witnessed to people, he kept it simple. But he also talked to them long enough to help apply it to their situation, where they lived, what family they came from, what nation they were working, what the law had to say as far as natural law was concerned in governments. Paul used these things, but he always kept the gospel simple. And you know what was said to him? Almost you persuaded me to become a Christian. Well, I like to think that that leader is gonna be in heaven one day, Agrippa, and we're gonna see him there because why? He stopped to remember the simplicity of the gospel that was given to him. And this is how yours is going to be too. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.